The reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 4 and 9 through 15 from the Common English Bible. The whole Israelite community complained against Moses and Aaron in the desert. The Israelites said to them, Oh, how we wish that God had just put us to death while we were still in the land of Egypt. There we could sit by the pots cooking meat and eat our fill of bread. Instead, you brought us out into this desert to starve this whole assembly to death. Then God said to Moses, I'm going to make bread rain down from the sky for you. The people will go out each day and gather just enough for that day. In this way, I'll test them to see whether or not they follow my instruction. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole Israelite community, come near to God because they have heard your complaints. As Aaron spoke to the whole Israelite community, they turned to look toward the desert. And just then, the glorious presence of God appeared in the cloud. God said to Moses, I've heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will have your fill of bread. Then you will know that I am the Holy One, your God. In the evening, a flock of quail flew down and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the desert surface were thin flakes, as thin as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, this is the bread that God has given you to eat. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chuck, for um, helping with today. Apologize for the little, I was, I was reading along with you and got so caught up in the scripture. I totally forgot to advance it. All right. You all welcome. Um, I'm glad uh, to be back with you all. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. You can see my notes kind of flashing around the camera. I'm going to stop sharing and um, you can feel free to uh, go into speaker view or you can just stand gallery view and my little face will be up there. Um, Wanted to uh, see you all a little bit. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, and so I'm glad to be back with you. And so I felt like I wanted to see your faces. I also, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's good to be back with you. Um, we've had a, a variety of adventures over the last two weeks. Uh, some of you, if you follow me along on social media, you know that we had to quarantine twice during our vacation. So um, we unfortunately had um, possible COVID exposures while we were on the East Coast. And so we ended up spending a lot of time in a hotel room and door dashing a lot of food, uh, in, uh, but in DC. So uh, it was different restaurants, um, but I'm back. And uh, again, good to be with you in a um, space that is not humid. Thank the Lord. I don't know, for those of you that grew up in humidity, 
I do not know how you did that or do that. Uh, today, uh, today's passage, it's one of my favorite passages. Uh, I tweeted something out this week. Like this passage kind of preaches itself, right? You read this passage and um, I think it's, uh, it's one of those that when you first read it, we, you know, it'd be interesting to know if you want to put in the chat, who do you identify with first? Do you identify with the Israelites, the, the murmur, the complaining, the grumbling, or do you identify with Aaron and Moses who are hearing it? I think it depends on kind of your space. Like, like when you first read it, it's like, oh, this is, and I think it might depend on the day. It could depend on how hungry you are. I mean, there's lots of things that could go on, but I've, I've often heard this passage and it's kind of a, I've heard it used as a stop complaining passage. And I, I actually don't think that that's, um, that's an element, but it's not the whole piece of what that's speaking to us today, because I think it's a very natural, a very common kind of process to go through when you are a people who are making difficult choices about the future, you are entering into somewhere that's a little bit unknown, that, you know, that we, we, we knew something about where we've gone, where we came from, but we have no idea where we're headed. Uh, you know, this is not a, in the middle of what's going on in our world today, not a difficult passage to apply to today, right? You have the Israelites who were enslaved, who were uh, in that time, in that moment, understanding that they were oppressed people, that there was a, a world in which they live that wasn't allowing them to freely be who God wanted them to be. And so they hear this story, they, they hear this call, they see these leaders Let's go to somewhere different. You are going to be liberated and free to move into something more beautiful and more faithful and whole than what you've been living. And so they went, right? So they go and they follow Aaron and Moses and they, they step out into the wilderness. And then all of a sudden, they're still there. And this idea of what was to be that they had, whether right or wrong, whatever the idea was, it has not happened. In fact, it feels like it's gotten worse. And you hear them talk about, and you know, you kind of almost hear them say, well, at least we knew the awfulness that we knew. Like now we're in this space of like, I don't even know what this is. Can we just go back to when I know we were oppressed? I mean, it's kind of like, I know we were enslaved, but at least we had food. And now you got us walking out here and I'm hungry and I'm tired and we're cranky. And now there's murmuring going on. And so, gosh, can, can we just go back? And I, I think it's this natural place where I almost, they're accusing Aaron and Moses and they're kind of accusing God of almost kind of lying, right? Or of, or of bringing into a space, you overpromise, you promised something that, you know, wasn't real, whether or not they actually did promise specifics or whether they promised a new day, the people are grumbling, murmuring. It depends on the translation, grumbling, murmuring, complaining. And so welcome to the last 18 months of pandemic, right? I mean, again, this is not difficult to see that we are in this space. We we're, you know, trying to figure out at the beginning of this time, 
What do we do? How do we hold the world that's happening? We kind of, I think, entered into a posture of we know what to do, whether it was, you know, whether it was our building or our worship, whatever, and we entered into the space. And like the world right now, and especially churches, we're now wandering and we're still in it. And good golly, these last two weeks, if, you know, depending on what you're listening to and seeing, aren't we almost done with this? Isn't this journey, somebody told us at some point that we were coming to an end, Somebody's lying to us. At least back we knew when it was horrible. We knew what it was. Can we just go back? Let's just shut everything down, lock it down. Let's just go back into our houses and not do it. I mean, we at least knew that. But now we're in this kind of strange space as you have conversations with your friends and your communities and the breadth of how you experience the world right now. As you listen to the news in different parts of the country and across our country about how we should move forward together as we look at the world and our place in the world, how we go about, I mean, can't there just be one answer and one promise to where we're headed that we can all agree on and just move there and quickly? But that is not the way that God moves us. That is not the way that God moves us. We would love to have that happen. But then where is that place of of openness to the developing beauty of God? Where is that place where we are truly open to the revealing of God's path before us? It's really easy to be in this space. And again, I think it is natural <coughs> and sometimes kind of healthy. I'll just think about our, this past vacation, right? We had, um, as a, those of you that do Enneagrams, I'm a three, which means that um, I uh, check things off the list and have things very well planned. And then uh, I get my worth when we check those things off the list, when we get things done. So for me to, I have all the plans, the itinerary, the charts are done, everybody's signed off. We get there a day in, we find out that we possibly had an exposure. Um, Annie, who uh, was stayed here because the work was going to meet us in DC, ended up not even be able to go on our family vacation together. We had all this stuff and we're, so we're sitting in this hotel room and there were moments like we had to say out loud because we were so frustrated with the world and situations that like, and making choices that we know we needed to make that but we had to say out loud to ourselves, but we're still blessed with, we're sitting in another space where we're, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're able to eat, we're at that point, I was like, I have air conditioning. Like, well, I mean, there was all of this that we got. We had to say to ourselves, the journey of this time, we had that mapped out and we thought what it was going to be, but that's just not what happened. And we could either allow ourselves to build up resentment about that, or we kind of roll with what's going on. We can complain along the way, but not to the point where it just kind of eats up this experience of being together. I kind of think that's us in our community, not just pandemic, but as a church. In the last couple of weeks, you hopefully you have received and read a letter from what is called the Envisioning Our Future Together group. Uh, there are some folks who have been called together to um, begin to think about what the future of this congregation is going to be like. That's parallel with some evaluation of my work with you all over the last couple of years. 
Um, as many of you know, I'm on a four-year designated contract with you all, and our hope is that we continue that relationship, but we go through this process of, of dreaming about the future. And I want us to think about that as we enter into this process, because there's going to be a lot of us who will be like, oh, we, we see this grand thing on the other side of our conversations. We see these amazing possibilities. But we all have to know and realize that what we may dream about may not actually be what God intends for us. And along the way, we are going to get tired and hungry and grumble and murmur, and that's okay. I would hate for any place to be a space where we say when somebody lifts up something that they don't like or don't agree with, or even just, you know, for those of you that use the word hangry, right, when you're hungry and angry at the same time, like you just kind of lash out or you say something. I would hate for any of us to hold that so much against one another or to let it impact us so much that we can't keep our eyes on this idea that God does and will and promises us just to provide nourishment in the future. And I can almost guarantee you that it is not going to come fast enough. It is not going to come fast enough. I'm an extremely impatient person when it comes to my expectations about the church and the world and the goodness that we can do and the justice that we can disrupt in the world and all of the injustice we can disrupt, all of these things. Like, I want these things to happen now. And so my grumbling happens. I don't, I try to keep it offline, but the grumbling happens, right? And you, you complain and all that, but you have, we have to realize that there is this long arc, right? There has been work set before us, and God's going to reveal at some point this journey we are going to be upon. When we set out our walk together two years ago, we began conversations about what it means to be this congregation into the future. What does it mean for us to dream ourselves into more impact, into a, 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 a faith, an understanding of the gospel in the world that builds on what this congregation has done, that blends and, and uh, co-creates with my leadership and my understanding of the world into, a, into something new. Now, I know there's been complaining and whining and grumbling on everybody's parts about what we have or haven't been able to do. That is all natural and part of any process of living and serving together. And now we're going to challenge ourselves to do that even more. We're going to challenge ourselves that this is not, in many ways, the end or the, the, the pinnacle of who we are going to be as a community, that you and I have been stalled and uh, pandemic has revealed things, but it has, it has turned some twists into our road together, but we still have a mission to figure out who we are going to be in the future. But I don't want us to overpromise each other. I don't want us to begin to say, here is this amazing promised land that was offered to the Israelites, and they assumed what it was going to be, right? They assumed that it was going to be this amazing, just kind of almost instantaneous, almost this thing. We don't really know what it is, but we know what it's not going to be. And I think for us, we have to begin to have a deeper openness to the possibilities that God, what God may offer us as a community. I want to lift up a couple of things that I do think 
um, you know, that we hear from the Israelites. One is they were hungry, and I know we're hungry. Like, I know for many of us in pandemic life and in church life, we're hungry for for impact in the world. We're hungry to know new people. We're hungry to be a church and a congregation that, that is known for being an impactful place in the world. We're hungry to, to be in, not just to be known, but to be in spaces where we live out the theological things that we say. We just don't want to be about words, but we want to be about actions. I also know that one of the frustrations that the Israelites felt is these leaders don't know where the heck we're going. Right? We are lost. I don't know how many of you ever get lost. I rarely get lost now that I now have Waze and Google Maps and all those kind of things. But, you know, nobody likes to be lost. And if you feel like your leadership, and that's not just me, that's your elders, and that's everybody, it's, it's each other in many ways, that there are going to be times when we're going to be like, y'all don't know what you're doing. And that's okay. And part of what we do together is we go down roads, and we twist and turn, and we remind each other that maybe we don't see the thing right here, but it's a little bit further down, and we find a way to remind ourselves that it's not just about who leads, but it's about who we are following, and all of us hopefully are following this path that God is leading before us. The last thing about, I think, our life together in the next few months especially is that there is a promise that God gives to us that we are not on our own. I think part of the problem about the Israelites and Moses and Aaron and all this is that once we start on this journey, we intellectually will say to one another, this is God's place, that we are growing into God wants us to be and become. We are being called by God into this space. And then when it gets difficult, we lean back into ourselves. We lean back into our own abilities, and even our gifts sometimes, but we forget that we need to be open to who God is calling us to be and become. And that is about as vague and uh, kind of like church speaky as you can get. But I think part of it is we, in our intellectualizing our, our time together, and not just us, but as a church and a world, we forget that sometimes we simply have to let God lead us. So what you will see from the envisioning team, and I'm not part of this envisioning team, I'm kind of in and out and a conversation partner, is a deep commitment to discerning God's movement in this community. So it's not just about process, it's not just about forms and surveys and counting up numbers and following data, it is going to also be an invitation to engage the spirit in your and our discernment. To say to ourselves, what is God asking of us for the future? What is God asking of us to be? Who is God calling us to be and become? And can we be open to the surprises that God may be slowly, maybe even magnificently revealing before us? The Israelites, I don't think that any of us, when we complain or murmur, we actually expect anything to happen. I think sometimes like we just, you know, I, I, I like to complain about everything, um, I, you know, just like anybody else, you know, you stand in line and I, you know, I think I watch people sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, you've been in line for one minute. Why are you complaining already? 
But I then find myself sometimes I'll be somewhere and I'm like, I'm already starting to feel myself get all complainy. And I'm like, I don't need to. But rarely in my complaints do I think, oh, the line's going to open up and I will now be first. But what happens in this story is kind of amazing, right? You hear the Israelites grumbling, which I think there is something to be said about holy grumbling and holy murmuring that's not just about complaining. And God says to them, I've heard you. Which, when my kids complain or people around me complain, rarely do I. In fact, I actually will say, well, your complaining is actually probably going to make it last even longer. Right? Because I don't want to get in the habit of, well, if you just complain, then you get what you want. But in this case, they complained, they murmured, they grumbled, and God said, all right, I hear you. Now, this is not an encouragement uh, to kind of ramp up the complaining and murmuring and grumbling, but it is something for us to think about as we move forward together, that part of how we understand God moving into our lives is through the wrestling of who God is calling us to be. And part of that wrestling is murmuring, is grumbling, is speaking to one another when we don't always agree. And I think for this particular congregation, I'll be very honest, I know in your history that has not always gone well here. I know that there is, for many of you, still things from the past 10 years, 20 years, 30, whatever it is, right? I'm not even talking about particularities. But that has not always gone well here. And so our challenge as we move into the, into the future, as we dream about what God may be calling us to do, as you and I do that together, as you assess my leadership with you, right? We hold on to where we have been, but we can't hold all of that against one another now. And so I would encourage you as we step into new places, as we think about the future that is so unknown, that we hold tenderly these moments when we feel like, oh, I'm not sure. And we hold those not so that we don't voice them. We, you know, we hold those not so it builds up resentment or eats us up inside. We hold those so that we can offer them with grace and with patience and that know then that when our, our grumbling is holy, when our murmuring is inspired and called by God, when those things that we're uncomfortable with that, that we just need to say, that sometimes that helps us move closer into God's plan. And that in that murmuring, in that grumbling, in those disagreeing times, God surprisingly and shockingly may answer. So while your grumbling may not move you to the front of the line, your complaining will not make that car ahead of you move any faster or make somebody unmute themselves any quicker when you're on a Zoom. Whatever we grumble and murmur and complain about in our everyday lives, when it's holy, when it's driven by a deep yearning to be God's people and to move to the place that God wants us to move, then God will listen. And that is a surprise for me and should be a surprise for us all because God listens to us even in our grumbling. So let us pray. 
holy and amazing God, for the ways in which you are in our lives, the ways in which you feed us, the ways in which you nourish us, the ways in which you shockingly can listen to our complaining and yet still feed and nourish us, we give you thanks. As we move forward as a community, as we continue to discern our future together, let us live in those spaces of discontent, but do it in a way that opens up the possibilities that you may provide. For we are your creation. We're humans that carry so much into this space, and we are striving to be a people that can leave it with you so that you can hold it all. For this gift and this journey, we give you thanks this day. We pray all this in the name of Christ and all God's people say, Amen.